information podcast contains themes and subject matter that may be inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode three of Miss Interview with you as always. I'm Zach. I'm Eric. Oh. Phone's <laughs> ringing. Really? Perfect. Sorry. Really? This is our professional show. This is. Oh. This is, I'm our, at le- this is our legit thing. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, so uh, this episode of Miss Interview was kind of a, a weird deal, right? Somebody so, fucked it up. I didn't know. Zach, Zach just decided to exude our usual amount of preparedness and professionalism with Zach this interview and didn't finish it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe if somebody wouldn't have canceled on me, it would maybe have been if my wife hand. hadn't just been in the fucking hospital, she was fine. <laughs> okay, is that how you is that how you handle your affairs with Jenny? You were just in the hospital. That maybe I gotta he, go. That is how he go. handles the affairs with Jenny. Unfortunately, <laughs> are there affairs? You, the nice thing is, if I could occasionally put her in the hospital, I get some fucking peace and quiet. Oh, <laughs> wait. She's upstairs. I'm telling. No, no, they left. It. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, no. I but I was. I, I kind of had to scramble. So yeah. we got there. And it, it, it was. It's. It's two. This is two better known people. Well, it's not a secret. Like, yeah, you don't have to like <laughs> well, I, dance I, around I, the tip. Just well, put it say, in. I don't want to say the first two you did because I. It sounds I enjoyed like the first two. You it did. sounds like blooper snoopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we. Uh, I interviewed uh, <laughs> Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy from Super Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, Farva and Mac from Super Troopers. Uh, and talk about the fucking two nicest guys in the world. The thing is, here's what happened, okay? So we do the interview. <laughs> They're so nice, we forgot the interview. <laughs> That's literally That's... what happened. The, the interview was supposed to occur in two parts. It was, uh, it was they were doing stand-up at Joker. <coughs> Excuse me. Were they any good? Yeah, they were awesome. But uh, we were going to do the first half of the interview. They do their first show. We do the second half of the interview. They do their second show, right? Well, we got fucking sidetracked. Was there alcohol involved? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we got sidetracked. Uh, after after their first show and got to chit-chatting and bullshitting and forgot to turn the recorder back on. So you just started hanging out. Yeah, Which we just started hanging out. Yeah. Everybody's guilty of it. Yeah, super it nice guys. So basically what we've got, we've got an interview that kind of ends abruptly. We have half an interview. <laughs> we, yes. got a, we got a leader. But, but there's interview. two people. There should have been two leaders, but we only got a leader. <laughs> That's fair, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, after that, you guys just got lost in a strange wilderness. Uh, <laughs> so the thing Long is, nobody ends up Club Dread. Yeah, you know, Club Dread. Is that what it was called? Yeah. yeah. Was it? You guys just kind of got lost out in open water. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was it was a little daunting for me because these guys are part. I mean, they're they're kind of. I really look up to them. Well, and they're a team. It probably would have been easier if I had been there too, just so that you were like. Not like, ah, it's just me. Entertain so these guys. Entertain yeah. these guys. Do a good job. Do a good Whose job. Whose fault is this failure? Uh, there's really no fault. Yeah. It's just, it was a very weird situation. Because... So it's both of you, since you're both defending it. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. 
Go make a sandwich. I'm helping. <laughs> 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 Eric's a dick. <laughs> Eric's like, go make a sandwich and then let me smell your breath after you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> mm, can I just get a crumb off? Oh, fuck, so, is, is that bologna? Is that salami? <laughs> just rub your finger around this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anyways. So I, it, it, it was kind of weird because it's the first time. I mean, we've interviewed some pretty fucking cool people, but it's the first time I've I've interviewed people that are kind of my idols, you know, I mean, they, they, they started in sketch comedy. Yeah. Well, they do the kind of things you want to do. Yeah, like yeah. they've had the kind of, they're, 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 uh, they took the career path. You yeah, want to exactly. Their path to fame was they started sketch comedy and then they slowly developed into writers and then became uh, the juggernaut that is broken lizard. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting interview because they're pretty forthright and like they, they're honest and real down to earth guys. So pretty, pretty good guys to hang out with. Oh obviously. yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Uh, no, I can't talk about that. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> there, there were moments in the evening where we shared things that. Oh, I bet there was repeated. there was some relating going there on. There was yeah, there was relating. There was relations. There was yeah, it was it was magical. Like, <laughs> honestly, like there's there are things I cannot talk about because they told me in confidence. Right, and, well, that, and that's to me, cool. that's the best kind of interview. Yeah, and that, then shut up your face about them. You know what the super best interview they have? One that has an end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Miss Miss Interview Three uh, with two of the members of Broken Lizard. Shouldn't you call it two point five? No. Why? Because do it doesn't continue number two. Call it three and a half then. That doesn't make any sense. What? That would imply that there was three and then another half. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Lemmy. And Kevin, Kevin Heffernan Heffern. from Super Troopers and Broken Lizard. Welcome to the next episode of Miss Interview Podcast. With you as always, I'm Zach. And today, this is I, I just told them I'm going to geek out a little bit because I'm with uh, two of the members of Broken Lizard, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, man. Uh, this, is, this is a tremendous honor because... Uh, uh, our podcast, first of all, we're just a couple of douchebags who have a recording <laughs> studio in our basement. And uh, But I come from sketch comedy. That's okay. where I started. That's how I got into comedy. And uh, it's great to see sketch comics move on and do something reputable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about is is starting in sketch. How difficult was it to make the, the transition to, to film and to stand up and, and to, to make it legit? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, when we did sketch comedy, we were always doing short videos between the sketches kind of like saturday night live so we always you know had that in our minds and then uh when we were in new york city we met a filmmaker from nyu who started to help us shoot those videos and then he actually had us write and star in his uh, like his 30 minute nyu senior thesis film and then we that was sort of when we decided we really wanted to make movies and so i think the hard part then was raising the money for the first film puddle cruiser um but in terms of like the sensibility we always there was much more freedom in the movies. Like, you could do more things. You know, when you write, when you do sketch comedy, you're like, I really wish, like, that monkey could come flying it down from the sky right. and, and pick me up and fly me away. And so we realized when you make the movies, you can actually do some of that stuff. So. Stand-up was, is a much different thing, I think. Like, sketch was closer to making movies because mm-hmm. like, you did characters and you wrote stories. and things like that. Stand-up's been way... It's a way different animal, I think. Which has been kind of cool to get into it. Like, we... Really, well, you and I... Only over the last like maybe two years, two two three years, we've done it. Mm-hmm. Just because we went out on a tour with Broken Lizard, we did sketches, we did like a sketch show, and then we started doing stand up. Like each guy would do a little stand up in the shows, you know. And so we kind of got into that, and then kind of grew from there a little bit. But that's I find it to be much different. It's um, than movie making. It's certainly or sketch the scariest thing. 
to do um, easily, I would say. Yeah. Like I lost, I actually lost a bet to Kevin 15 years ago. Yeah. And the, the, my punishment was that I had to do five minutes of stand-up comedy. <laughs> and I welched on that bet. Oh. I never, I never. For 15 years you welched on that bet. Yeah. For, and, for, and right now to me, like five minutes is like, I, I, don't, I can't even say hello to the crowd in five minutes. <laughs> like it's no time. And yet at, at that time it was the most daunting, intimidating thing I could think of. Maybe that just means you're long-winded. Could be, and you would know, wouldn't you, Kevin? <laughs> and and, and I, can, I I appreciate that because I think a lot of times uh, stand up comedy gets a rap as oh anybody can do it, anybody can tell jokes. Um, I did stand up comedy for nine years, yeah. and I remember always telling my buddies, "You are the funniest people I know," but I would not fucking want to be on stage with you, right, right. you know. And so <laughs> you guys are lucky enough; you have a stable of, and, and maybe I'm naive, but I, you guys all come across like your friends. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. You have a stable of friends that you're all able. To, to work and you're incredibly talented. How how hard was it to build that into a cohesive unit? Because I remember sketch. I remember doing stand up. I remember all the infighting and the bitches and all oh, that stuff. Yeah, how yeah. was it to build that together? Oh, it took a long time. I mean, it took a long time. Well, because the first sketch groups we had had like 15 guys in it or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, I think the ones you got in the biggest fights were with were the ones that that quit or whatever. You know what I mean? So like it was like a, a war of attrition, and we ended up kind of losing a bunch of guys and we got down to these five guys who stuck it out and by then I think you worked out all the kinks right like you worked out how to be able to get in a fight and then work the next day how to disagree but still be constructive that kind of crap you know like it took a while to figure it out though yeah and the, and the truth is like <clears throat> because we were friends in advance you know it hasn't I don't really think we've ever been like I mean we've had some big ass fights Sure. And like we remember, like some of the greater ones, we still remember, and we can laugh about them now. They're stupid fights. I mean, it's not like, oh yeah, we have some stupid fights. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean in retrospect, right? It's not like they're about like you know, your you know your person that your core or something. It's like yeah, about a joke. Yeah, you know I mean? it's like well, I think it's funny. Well, I know it's not funny. Like I know it is funny. Those are sketch comedy fights. Right, yeah. Or or uh, my personal favorite. No, that's my joke. I, I thought of that a week ago, and now you're telling my joke. No, fucker, it's everybody's joke. Let's. How about we all make money today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Although we have had some outlandish claims, uh, right. people saying like, "Oh no, I that I came up with that joke," and you're like, "Dude, you weren't even on this coast <laughs> when that joke came about. Right. You were three thousand miles away yeah. when we wrote that joke." Now, obviously, it goes without saying, but I'm saying it anyway. Super Troopers is is fucking huge, guys. I mean, it's huge. Colleges, uh, it's like a, a rite of passage. You go through college, you watch Mall Rats, and you watch Super Troopers. And if you don't do those two things, you're probably going to get beat to death, right? So, what is it like to to live your life uh, as a creator of a movie that one is infinitely quotable, and two, it probably gets a little old after a while everybody walking up to you and and hey chicken fucker yeah, yeah, you know yeah. every day of your life like no i just i don't want to be chicken fucker today so uh, how, how do you guys deal with that well, with the actually, being so popular? You, you don't even realize like i feel like it's we kind of live when you make these movies it's kind of you live an insular life you know what i mean you don't necessarily get out and see all the people who are your fans right so when we did this tour a couple years ago it was really the first time we traveled everywhere and like saw that there were so many people that were into it everywhere, and like Super Troopers was just slow. It was a slow build, you know, in terms of like people discovering it. There, there was never like that watershed moment. It was kind of like people found out about, found out about it, and all of a sudden everybody knows about it, you know. So it, I mean, 
we don't I don't think we interact with it that much you know do you think I mean I, I don't know like no I mean it's <clears throat> you know it's something honestly that like I don't think any of us can truly put into words it's like because it's just us you know it's like I'm just a dude from the planet earth right <laughs> and it's true objectively I know that like when I was a kid I would quote Caddyshack and Fletch and Stripes and Animal House like, and I would do that to know that that's happening with our movie is still I don't think that will ever connect for yeah. any of I don't think we will ever view our movie as being one of those types of things even though objectively you can say the same kind of thing has happened but the I other I, weird thing is like when you're in Los Angeles and you're dealing with like industry people a lot they don't know like they're not on the college campuses or they don't know the effect that the movie's had or the cult kind of status of the movie sure. so you're not treated like like it's that kind of a cult status movie like the executive that's sitting in the chair doesn't know that you have those kind of fans and so then they treat you like you're just every other guy so it's not like in our everyday activities I'm saying like you don't get that knowledge necessarily that people are, know your movies as much what he's saying is no one in Hollywood sucks our dick <laughs> <laughs> exactly so then so then it has no effect then right yeah. it's like but it, but we could have made some movie that nobody quoted it wouldn't matter <laughs> exactly and that's the strangest thing it's, you know it's like, like Beer Fest is a movie it didn't it, it actually is the movie of ours that tested the highest um, of all the from all the test screenings we've had um, the release was a little bit rushed and they spent a lot of money on advertising it, but ultimately they wanted to pro- perform better than it did at the box office. Now on DVD, it has done great again. Mm-hmm. And yet, we are like, you can say, okay, we've made the studio $100 million, but because it made, you know, 20 something at the box office, for some, they don't appreciate The person behind the yeah. desk doesn't go to the That's where they get their knowledge from. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I mean? The box office. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we live in a world of immediate gratification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that box office is boom, it's there. Um, a guy that you, you've both worked with, uh, Kevin Smith, talks about yep. it a lot. Mm-hmm. Because none of his movies make shit at the box office. Right, yeah. But his movies make buttloads of cash when they go to, when they go to DVD. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, he, he's obviously not worried about Christmas next year. Yeah. You know, and the studios aren't losing money on him. Yeah. So I, it's, it's probably the same basic thing. It is, yeah, but you're still, you're still like a second-class citizen if you're a DVD guy. Like, if you're a box office, theatrical box office winner, then you're like, right. you know, first-class citizen. But right. if you're a DVD guy, you're second-class citizen. <laughs> yeah, Sandler is a box office guy. Right. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. We still are hustling to try to get, you know, the next project up and running and See, and, I, and, and again, it's probably naivety, but I, I, I don't understand that because to me, you watch a Sandler movie, you can watch six Sandler movies, and you've seen pretty much the same movie. The writing is it's it's poo poo papa, you know, it's it's that stuff, and it's and it's and it's going to sell, it's going to make money. Yeah, but when you, right, yeah. and when you see your guys' stuff, um, specifically Stu- Super Troopers, there are so many levels to the comedy, and you know, maybe not everybody appreciates that, but there is a lot of there's a lot of level there. It's not just right. boom jokety jokety joke, and you'd think that eventually. The industry would catch on to something like that. It is. It's just hard to quantify. Like, is that? That's what DVDs are all about. It's like somebody watching the movie like four times and getting a new joke each time. You know what I mean? And I think like the theatrical releases, it's hard to get to capture that. You know what I mean? Right. They want to see the big, broad, you know, fart joke or whatever it is. And the DVDs are where you discover, I think, the cult type movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the truth is, and this is not a knock on people's intelligence, but <laughs> <clears throat> you don't want to work when you go to the movies. Right. You want it easy, you know. And so it's like, I, I, like our, I think our most underrated movie is Club Dread, mm-hmm. and you know I see the problems with, I, I see what other people have a problem with it about, 
um, or something like that. But uh, like there are jokes in there that people, I think, still haven't gotten that are some of my favorite jokes that we've ever written, and you're, you wish that they would understand it. But it's like it's also you're asking them to take a ride that you, you sort of know the inside way you're supposed to look at it, and they have no frame of reference for that, so they're going to have to figure it out. You know, it can be challenging, I suppose. Well, and as a as a a fan or as someone who watches a lot of movies because I don't have much of a life, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I I appreciate films like that more because if you if you get a film that everything you see you see in the first hour and twenty two minutes, yeah. you know, you uh, watch it again. yeah, and yeah. yeah. So I just spent twenty dollars on something I'm never gonna because I buy DVDs because I'm a snob, you know, yeah, I right. won't rent. I like to have them in my yeah. house, hold on to yeah. them because it, it shows my worth as a human being if I have more <laughs> material goods, right? So. Uh, I, I appreciate the movies with more with more levels. Um, I'll, I, ha- I have a story that I'll have to tell you about Super Troopers, but I can't tell you on mic. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a fantastic story. Um, now I kind of uh, touched on Kevin Smith. You worked on a Big Helium Dog. He yeah, directed, yeah, right? A long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably back. Kevin Smith has a reputation or had a reputation for being extremely approachable and uh-huh. being very available to his fans. In the last two or three years, that reputation's changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, because he's. Uh, He's kind of changed his outlook on the industry and stuff. In your experience, and I acknowledged it was a long time ago, what was it like to work with Kevin? I have to say I was not in – he didn't direct it, and he was an executive producer. I wasn't in any scenes with him, so I don't okay. – I don't. I wasn't – I was in a couple of scenes with Jay, Jason Mewes, but I, I – uh, he was around a little, but he didn't – yeah, he didn't direct it. He he produced it, and he it was kind of like a protege guy of his name, Brian Lynch, who, okay. uh, who directed it. And um, and so he was, uh, he was kind of around, but not – I think we've I've had certainly more interaction with him, like just in the general kind of independent film world. Like we had the same lawyer for a long time, and you'd end up like you know <clears throat> shooting the shit with him and seeing him here or there or whatever. And we were certainly ran in like similar circles and stuff like that. But he wasn't so much involved, I don't think, in okay. Big Killing Dell. No. Yeah, I mean like on the day to day basis, and like neither were we necessarily. I mean, it wasn't like we produced the movie either. So yeah. like, I, but uh, you know maybe you know we have we certainly were all. I think those, you know, Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Soderbergh, Robert Rodriguez, Richard Linklater, Mike Judge, like all those guys were, they were paving the way for us. And I would say they were like one or two movies ahead of mm-hmm. us. So there was a point in time where we were, we were actually, like we went to the South by Southwest Film Festival and we did meet all these guys and hang out with them. And so we, we were running in the same circle a little bit with yeah. these guys. And they, I, mean, they, I always thought the amazing thing about Kevin Smith was the way he marketed it himself. And, right. You know, it's like... Even in those days, it was, and it was, it was uh, before Mallrats. That was became that was before Mallrats, I think. And so, uh, but he had already had his, you know, all his stuff in order. You know, selling his merchandise and the comic books and all that kind of stuff was going on. So I think he he was always very aware of how to how to make it work, which is great. You know? it, it seems like he's always been a merchandise machine. Like yeah. he understands the business, and I think yeah. that's part of the reason uh, some people are turned off by him is that yeah. he bitches about the business a lot. And the, the, those of us living in Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa, sure, uh, sure. D- with uh, iPhone microphone, um, yeah. are going, "Hey, fucker, things are alright. Yeah, yeah, you're not occupying anything besides <laughs> your Hummer right now. All right, so just." Calm down. All right, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> um, I was like, I always like to try to find some kind of obscure stuff uh, doing research uh, for interviews. And correct me if if I'm completely off base because sometimes IMDb is completely wrong. Yeah. But uh, I, I believe you were both in movies that scared the living shit out of me. Okay. Separately, okay. separately. I, if I if I'm led to be, if I'm understanding this correctly, Maybe. now St- Steve, were you in Open Water? Yes. Okay. All right. And, and Kevin, you yes. were you were in Strange Wilderness. I was. 
Okay. And let me tell you why. <laughs> um, I don't say this to hurt you because you're a professional. Sure. I, I hated the movie so much. Sure. A lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not because there weren't parts of it that were hilarious, right, right. but the movie was so ridiculously uncohesive. Yes. Uh, it was it, a little scattershot. Was it, was it editing? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it was a... It was kind of a lot of people were brought together, and when you look at that cast, it's a, it's a pretty amazing cast of people. And uh, I think people, I think guys did a lot of like improvising and things like that. And that, um, and that, uh, I think, you know, I'm friends with the director Fred Wolf, and, and and he's a brilliant comedy guy. And I think maybe he tried to bring all that stuff on screen, and maybe a lot of it didn't fit together. Right. You know what I mean? Because that movie, those guys, uh, Fred and his partner Pete Gawkey, had made that movie in like 10 years earlier on like video okay. which is them like their buddies and then they remade it right and so like you watch the original one and, and there's definitely a more cohesive kind of storyline I think in this one he brought so many different voices together right. and then tried to accommodate all those voices like Jonah Hill and you know Steve all Zahn. these guys Steve Zahn and you know I think sometimes maybe it doesn't all come together it was, it was more maybe about bringing together people that you really wanted to have in your movie yep. and less about bringing together the right people for the movie, maybe? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, there's so many way, like places that something can go wrong, right. you know, in movie making, and that's why when it comes together, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it came together. And so I think, you know, yeah, there are probably, there, there are definitely budget constraints, you know, like they made a movie that was too ambitious a little bit, maybe, and they, and they shot a certain budget in Los Angeles that they maybe couldn't accommodate. And, uh, and then, yeah, I think just try to accommodate all the different comic voices, and it's hard, like when you put eight different people like that and want to give them all their time and then the story doesn't quite work. You right. know what I mean? Because right. uh, it was. It was a strong cast and yeah. I love Steve Zahn so when the, when the movie came out on DVD I sent my wife to the... I was like, go buy that yeah. fucking movie and I sat down to watch it and when I got over I turned and looked at her and I was like, why? Why? <laughs> like it was going and then all of a sudden there's the shark with the funny teeth and then they killed Bigfoot and yeah. now I am... I have no idea what just fucking happened. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. It, 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 get, it got a little confusing at times or whatever you know it was just fine I, you know I think I think. Uh, I mean for me it's nice I, like, I met a lot of great people on it that's always the, the thing when you make a movie there's always good things that come out of it met a lot of good people on it that I still work with became friends with a lot of people that was great and uh, you know I had a blast making it and when I read that script it was one of the funniest scripts I ever read right. and like you're like definitely I definitely want to do this and then just you know Things get lost in translation. Uh, our listeners would have killed me if I wouldn't have brought it up, though, because we—I'm going to be honest—we gave it away <laughs> on our show. <laughs> we had a contest, and we we're like, "All right, this is what you fucking get." Right. So here you go. Right. Um, now, open water. Uh, I'm terrified. For real. Oh yeah, for real. Like it was a good, it was a good flick, um, but like piss my pants, scared of sharks. And now you were in the water. Um, no. So, but you're a, you're a scuba diver in the flick. I right? do. I did yeah. go in the water. Yes. Yeah. Why? Well, let's just clarify a few things. Okay, like, I was not, I would not have... The scenes with the sharks uh-huh. were not sh- scenes that I was in. Oh, thank God. Like, I, I was on the boat. I was a warm body on the boat. Okay. okay. Well, what, you, <clears throat> I, I was dating the lead actress. Okay. And so I was down in the Bahamas with them while they were shooting, and, like, one day she came and woke me back up. They were like, we need some bodies on the boat. <laughs> Like some divers, and I was like, "All right, you know, we had and where we were in our careers, we had just shot Super Troopers, and we were waiting to hear from Sundance. Oh. So, like, who am I as an actor? I'll be like, sure, I'll I'll get out there on the boat. Right. But I was like, but I'm not going because I have a thing called ichthyophobia. I have, <laughs> I have fear of fish. Oh, 
and that's that's fair. Yeah. Okay, they don't blink, man. No, and I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the movie Jaws. Yeah. Because I saw Jaws. My dad is from Argentina. Apparently, he doesn't understand the movie rating system, <laughs> and he was like, "Eh." I want to uh, take my six-year-old boy to see this movie about a, a shark that is scaring the shit out of everybody in the in the country. <laughs> and should we? Do we need to do this? Yeah. I guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll come. We'll come back to this. We need. We need to do a show right now. Oh, is it? The thing they're paying you for. As quickly as it began, it was over. I feel like it was just about to get good, dude. He sounded like he was spoofing Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> like his impression of his dad uh, is like <laughs> they both seem like genuinely likable oh, guys. Fuck, it, they're so much fun and so down to earth, and to the point where like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that the reason that we didn't finish the interview was we we sat down after their first show yeah. and just started talking, talking about comedy, <clears throat> talking about. Uh, our different experiences with stand-up and things, and just got sidetracked and forgot to finish recording the interview. So it seems like Kevin Heffernan mm-hmm. handled you shit-talking one of his projects pretty well. Did you get pretty any? Pretty well. Did you get any sense from him that he was kind of like, "But fuck you for bringing it up," like uh, you internally? That shit, you said that shit to me. I'd have kicked you right in the ball. No, no, because honest, honestly, after we stopped recording, uh-huh. uh, he came back and talked to me later, and we talked more about. About. The, the experience of making the film and and how the, the having the different voices uh-huh. coming together because there were some pretty huge production companies. Well, and I the thought movie. there was no way that movie couldn't be good because fucking <laughs> because you know Steve Zahn, <laughs> fucking Jonah Hill in it, Justin friend. Long. Like, there were so many yeah, good awesome. people in the movie that I was going into the same. I was like, we gotta see this movie. Then I watched it. and I was like, we gotta forget this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was it was a Happy Madison production, I think. Yeah. So there was a lot of money dumped into the movie, but there were just a lot of people working on that movie, and I think he was very honest. Uh, about what happened. Yeah, yeah. basically saying that, you know, there were so many voices in that movie, it was hard to have a cohesive story <laughs> told. Um, and we talked about it. It, it. it was it was just, it was really refreshing how open he was. It about makes the me sad that I wasn't there. Yeah, and it, it makes me sad that we didn't finish the interview because there was so much more we talked about. Pisses and, me right off. <laughs> well, and it was strange because, uh, you know, I was real nervous going into it, which you can hear it in the first strange. five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first five minutes of it, you can hear that I'm literally, I'm like, please don't fuck this up, please don't fuck yeah. this up, please don't fuck I think uh, our, 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 we have to have a perfect interview sometime well, where it doesn't cut off abruptly or like it doesn't start to fade out as we're saying, all right, that's well, never gonna our, our, uh, our Chris Hardwick interview was pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is, it's just, it's one of those deals, it's, it's an evolving process, so, and when you live where we live, in the middle of fucking Bohump, Iowa, right? I Bohump. Mean, we... we you know, it, we're, we're lucky to get the interviews that we get. So sometimes, like with this one, like, like I said, the first five minutes, man, I was a little fucking rattled because I'm like, these are two of my idols, like two of the guys I actually look up to, and, and I'm getting the opportunity to sit down with them and have literally a conversation, not even like an interview. I mean, because Yeah, that's, it came across more like that. Well, and because that's what it turned into, that's why it never finished. Yeah. You know, I mean, because we sat down, they're like, hey, come on in here, let's talk some more. And there were a couple times when they were, when they would say, what are you doing? I got pee. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a couple times when they would say like, hey, did you want to finish the interview? But they're eating supper. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to. Just eat, just eat your supper, man. I, I don't, you know? And so time goes by. One thing leads to another and we don't get to finish the interview, which I, the way that I look at it is I was lucky enough to get the time with them that I got. Yeah, I so, agree with that. That's true. It's a, uh, they seem pretty cool though. Oh, they were really cool. Very accommodating. And I, I, it's an experience that I never thought in a million years me and my lifetime I would get to have would be sitting down and interview two of my yeah. my idols. 
It's it, pretty yeah. cool. It was a good time. So uh, it's a little bit short, but th- this was my opportunity to get down to them. So this is this has been misinterview number three with Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan of Broken Lizard and Super Troopers. Thank you guys. Uh, I granted you're not here to say you're welcome, but thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to cross paths again someday. This has been misinterview number three, Super Troopers. With you as always, I'm Zach. I'm Eric. Really? My turn. Sorry. Thank you. Love you. No one in Hollywood sucks our dick. <laughs> <laughs>